Hi, this is Ryan Willett. I pierce at Precision Body Arts in Nashua, New Hampshire. And my friend Brian is on the Skype call with me. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Brian. Hi, I'm Brian Moller, and I pierce at the Boston Tattoo Company in Somerville, Massachusetts, in the greater area of Boston. So we're going to try to record a, a series of short podcasts for you, and I've decided that we're going to call it the Piercing Wizard Podcast, because that's what I like to call myself, because I'm pretentious. <laughs> so <laughs> Brian wants to talk about uh, trends that he sees with piercing, uh, past trends that have you know impacted the industry maybe positively or negatively, and, and where we would like to see trends continue to go in, in the body piercing industry. So Brian, you wanted to talk about conch piercings. Uh, yeah, with... Um a lot of the newer styles of jewelry, especially with like clusters and uh, large ornate gold pieces and, and stuff like that, they have been outfitted in multiple piercings. But I feel like the conch is a little bit underrated. And I mean, there's a lot we've been doing, you know, with uh, whether it's like a ring with a captive or just a seam ring going around it or just like a straight piece. Uh, there's a lot of really awesome things you can do with with a conch or like just like triple pieces with threadless ends and uh i really think that it's a way more versatile area that we can do a lot more with i don't know if that's a, a regional thing uh, you know maybe if it just hasn't caught on in boston or if it's maybe not as popular on the internet but i do a fair amount of conch piercings because i feel like i i nudge people towards it but i'd say i don't know if it's the same for you but the number one thing i always get from people you know like let's say when there was the big trend with the triple forward helix mm -hmm people would come in and they maybe didn't have a, a great ear for it. So I'd say, oh, hey, you know, if you want a triple, you have a, a great conch. You know, you, we could we could do something in there. And almost almost 100% of people would always go, oh, no, no, not the conch. Like, that would hurt so bad. And yeah. I don't know why, but do you, do you feel like they just think that that's a more painful piercing for some reason? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of times it's, it's – it's more, I guess, of the location because I get the same exact reaction with a lot of people and immediately they kind of like back off cringe and pinch that spot and are like, oh, no, that's going to hurt. And it's like that's thinner than other parts of your ear and sometimes and, you know, thinner than a tragus. And it, I, I get how people can be apprehensive towards it, you know, because if you if you squeeze that area um, for the people listening who aren't body piercers and aren't super familiar with uh, with the anatomy, you know, the conch is the, the inner ear, that kind of cup shaped kind of area bowl. and um sorry and say a big old bowl area kind of big old bowl area in your ear basically so you have um the tragus the little nub that's in front of the the ear canal i think a lot of people know that so the conch piercing would just be you know past that that big cup area and if you pinch that area you can usually feel kind of a thick ridge on the center of the conch and that's basically the the crux of the helix not to get too technical but the the piercer name for that would be the the daith, dyth, doth, however you want to pronounce it, that ridge kind of extends into the conch. And I think if people pinch that exact spot, they'll feel something thick. So they would assume that, yeah, the, the piercing is going to kill. But, you know, I, I'd say a lot of times that's not where the actual conch piercing is placed. It, you know, it can be higher or lower. And you have a, a solid three quarters of an inch of, of space that you can put almost anything you want. And you can get away with really big jewelry there, you know. So if I have like a larger piece that someone wanted for like uh for their helix or some other spot that's maybe not, you know, anatomically a great idea, then I'd say, oh, hey, if you really love that jewelry, you could put it in your conch, and, and that would be a great centerpiece for your, for your ear. And um, I think people open up to it a little bit more like that, but it's definitely not a piercing where as many people walk through the door saying, I want my conch pierced, or I want a conch project. It's usually, that's what we get to when they say, I want this thing that's maybe not 
anatomically viable for for my ear. Do you, what what do you think when when you get that kind oh, of stuff? Absolutely. Um very rarely I'll get someone who legit wants a conch. Um oftentimes though I do push it based on, you know, if I have a really large end in my case that they're like, "Oh, where can I put this?" Um no one ever brings a picture of a conch from Pinterest in. Like ever. I yeah. never have that. Uh oh, this is probably a side note topic. But you ever find that like the the trends that do get popular for some reason the photo quality most of the time is really terrible but it's like the same picture from everybody. Well, yeah, I, I mean there was definitely the uh, the triple forward helix black and white picture from Pinterest yeah. that that Chrissy Scholl posted you know years ago and I I'm pretty sure it probably has every single body piercer has seen that picture at least once in their career. Did you ever get that one? It's like black and gray. It's a rook piercing with a CZ top, but it's a very like lower like quality, uh, like digitally, like the way it prints out. No, I haven't gotten that one. Really what I try to do is whenever people, you know, I get the same interaction and I don't want to just say girls because it's not all, it's not all females that, I, that, that come in for, you know, the, the cooler like ear piercings. I just say that that's the majority of my clients coincidentally, but you know, a lot of women come in and if they they pull out their cell phone and they say, oh, I want to get this thing, and they start, like, staring at their phone, and then I'll just kind of be like, oh, the triple forward helix, like, right here. And I'd say nine times out of ten, they're like, yeah, you've heard of that. And it's like, yeah, I've done that once or twice. I look like a psychic. Yeah, I do the same thing. It's like, wait, I guess yeah. it's this. And they're like, wow, you're awesome. Like, no, it's, it's popular. <laughs> it's yeah, but, thing. you know, it's it's cool because – you don't want to kill someone's enthusiasm when they when they walk through the door and they're like, oh, I want to get this thing and it's going to be awesome. And this guy's never seen it before. So I have to show him this picture so he knows what we're talking about. Like, I feel like you can do a disservice to your clients by being like, oh, yeah, that's a triple forward helix. We do it, you know, five times a day, da, 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 because that that kind of kills it for them. You know, and I had something really similar to that recently and and okay so you do you say date or do you say doth i used to say date for years and now i say doth but i i know that doth is going to be like the the piercer snob correct version of it but you know if if a client walks to the door and they say date 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 i i kind of feel like you know at that point that's what the piercing is called you know it so well, well back the- I agree and disagree because then there's also the multiple of uh, te- whatever bites there might be out there, spider bites. Yeah, okay, those ones, yeah, but like maybe not so much today. You know, a couple of years ago when the, the bites, you know, double lip piercings were, were more popular, maybe there were some people where you'd just be like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I'll do your angel bites, but I would prefer, you know, blah, 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 blah. But um, I'd say the, the biggest thing yeah. is in the 90s when it was Labrette or Labray. And I'm pretty sure every piercer, experienced piercer anyway, knew that it was Labrette. But a lot of clients would say Labray. So, you know, you would have that conversation and be like, well, it's it's not a French word. You know, it's it's a hard T at the end. It's Labrette. I, I don't want to do that with what I call date piercings because I feel like I'm doing so many of them. That if I say, well, it's actually pronounced doth because da 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 da, I think people are going to be more annoyed at that. So I just let them say date, and you know that's usually what I refer to it because that's what it looks like. It would it would be pronounced, you know, phonetically. It looks like it's date. Uh, and I get, you know, you don't want to disrespect people who created or or you know really pushed that piercing towards the forefront and experimented with it and named it and called it the doth. But I think at a certain point. 
you have to kind of just go with your clientele. And I'm sure there are some piercers listening to that and they're, they're like cringing and they're, they're thinking I'm an idiot for it. But I, you know, I just, I, I, I just go with, it. you know what though, I was saying, uh, Sarvis Barry actually made a really good point one time about, uh, gauges and the term gauges versus plugs and tunnels. And, uh, yeah, he's like, if he has someone coming in willing to buy, you know, jewelry, and he's like, yeah, I want to see gauges. I, I want all the gauges. He's like, yeah, cool, dude. Let me show you my sick gauges. Like, why yeah. crush that person's, you know, why why thwart them from buying from you? <laughs> yeah, I, I get that, and that that's kind of the point that I'm I'm coming back to the long way around is about the the Daith phenomenon. You know, Daith Doth. We'll say it however we want to say it, whatever. But the the Doth phenomenon over the last few weeks and months about it, uh, you know, potentially curing migraines. So I, I'm hoping that most piercers at this point aren't advertising it for that reason, because, you know, there's no scientific or medical reason, but do you really want to crush a client's enthusiasm? So it's, you have to kind of walk that fine line where you have to, I feel like it's your responsibility. If someone comes in and says, oh, I want to get the migraine piercing, I feel like it's our responsibility as a piercer to say, well, you know, there's, there's really no scientific proof that it, that it will make any difference for a migraine, but I'd be happy to do it for you. You know, we do them very often. We have all these nice pieces of jewelry. I feel like it's a disservice to the clients to say, oh, there's a 0% chance. It's, it's never going to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the, the power of placebo is is something you really want to think about. You know, if a person, you know, whether they have migraines or not, you know, if they're going into it thinking this will maybe help with my headache, you're not doing them any harm by performing that piercing. As long as you're not lying to them and saying, oh, yeah, totally, you're, you'll never have a migraine again. I feel like as long as you're saying, well, there's really no proof to that, but I would be happy to sell you this gorgeous piece of jewelry that's properly sterilized and properly installed and it's going to heal great and you're going to love the look of it. And then maybe, you know, the next day, if they don't have a headache, they can say, oh, thank you, body piercing. You know, you helped my headache. But, you know, it's really important to to walk that fine line of not misrepresenting what a piercing is capable of doing for someone therapeutically. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a, I've had a few clients come in and asking over the phone or just in person about, you know, how true this is. And oftentimes, you know, full I just tell them full disclosure, you know, hey there's no proof of this. We can totally do it for you. Um, at the very least, no, no harm in trying. And half the time we're like, you know what? I'm at the last resort because oftentimes the migraine thing, people are just desperate and those things suck. <laughs> you know, the absolute part of me, part of me thinks though, like, uh, culturally, like what is it that makes so many people have such crippling headaches that they, that they have to turn to body piercing, you know, like, uh, part of me just thinks like, hey, you know what? Electronics. <laughs> Drink this bottle of water, and your headache will probably go away. You know, or maybe don't have whatever stress is. You know, but we're not there for that. That's not what we're there for. But you know, we're definitely not there to say what we do can cure some sort of a, a medical condition or something like that. You know, so. I, I get it, and I'm I'm more than happy, and I'm actually I'm really psyched that people would even look at body piercing that way. You know, 20 or 30 years ago, no one would ever say that even body piercing in general was was healthy, let alone therapeutic. You know, they would look at it and say like, oh, there's something wrong with you. You want to stick a needle through you. Now things have changed so much with the industry that it's like. Hey, did you see that migraine piercing going around on Facebook? Come on and get it with me, mom or, you know, Aunt Judy or I'll bring my daughter in for it. You know, all these different things. Like it's 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 really interesting seeing how body piercing has 
become accepted, and it's entirely because of fashion trends, really. Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, so I was just saying, um, one thing I do with those clients though that are trying to get it for that purpose, I always just tell them, hey, keep me posted. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. If it works, awesome. And next person that comes in is like, well, I have one or two people that say it worked, and I have one or two people that say it didn't. And so. Yeah. I mean, I don't – and at the same time where I'll never tell a client like, yes, this will cure your problem, I never want to say – 100% like you will have zero therapeutic effect from this. So it's like I, I basically just try to – I give them that one line. You know, there's no scientific proof, but here's all this great jewelry. Take a look at it. Um, but, you know, if if there were any results, you know, I, you know, if, if some university out there or some, you know, medical website wants to do a study on it, more power to them, great. I'll be the first person to post it on my website touting it. But for now, I, you know, I think it's – it's got to be the the power of persuasion. If they want to convince themselves that there'll be a difference, great for them. But you know, I, I don't want to sell it that way. Uh, so that's been that's been a great trend. But what do you think has been your least favorite trend uh, for from body piercing in the last couple of years? Well, I mean, throughout the years, you always there's the fashion type trends that seem to catch on, and then there are the shock factor type trends. In yeah. the '90s, like tongue piercings were like the craziest thing in the world. And fast forward, you know, we're here in 2016. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I totally have that." Like it's it's no longer as crazy as it is. And where'd you go? Real. I'm trying to be like the shocking piercing. I'd say like um, horizontal tongue piercings are when I see all the time or get requests for that I turn down. It's like honestly not a good idea. And well, I, I think at this point, a lot of people, experienced piercers are going to realize that the horizontal tongue piercing, yeah, but I want to try to keep it more on, like, ear piercings, you know? Like, for, for me, uh, some people call it the MIDI, which which drives me insane because that's just, that, that name is, is like nails on a chalkboard to me, but oh, like piercing the, the helix thing? at the middle point of the ear has become super popular lately, and I feel like it, it looks simple, but it's... It's pretty difficult to heal because, you know, people are going to sleep on that. They're going to bump it. It's going to get irritated all the time. Uh, do, you, do you feel like you're getting an increase in people asking for that specific placement? Um, definitely there. And um, just second earlobe piercing or doubles. Uh, same thing. Nails on the chalkboard when I hear that. Uh, doubles. Doubles, yeah. yeah. I want my doubles. I'm like, double, double what? Double. Yeah, <laughs> double trouble. Uh, Boil and bubble. But yeah. All right. So that's going to bring us pretty close to our, our time limit for this one. So uh, we're going to continue this probably in a, a future recording. But for now, I'd say pay attention to piercingwizardpodcast.tumblr.com. And we're going to get some more audio files up for you as soon as possible. So this is Ryan Willette. My website is precisionbodyarts.com. And my speaking buddy is Brian. Go ahead and give him your website, Brian. Uh, my website is ipocoles.com. Cool. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Brian. I'll talk to you later. Thank you much.